Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to another episode of Courtside Fracas. Today I'm joined by Yas. How are you, Yas? All good, mate. So it's a one-three on the bounce. I haven't been able to say that for about six or seven weeks. So that's that's nice to be able to say out loud to real people. <laughs> I'm also joined by Harold. How are you, Harold? Yeah, I'm. I, I'm actually here under duress. Um, my Lakers team are uh, putting me through a, a lot of heartache, but yeah, man, I'm I'm coping. I'm coping. <laughs> This is the thing, so uh, one of Howard's nicknames is Hot Tech Harold, but I feel like if you went back and listened to the last episode, uh, you would be Hothead Harold, because things got a bit heated uh, <laughs> <laughs> in a little argument between Kay and Harold about, you know, the Lakers, how the Lakers were fair in the season. And the, and the more I've dwelled on that, Obi, the more spoiled these lot are. Like, they won the chip four months ago. <laughs> yeah, they're still, what, third four, third record, third best record? They've lo- okay, yeah, they've lost yeah, a few third. games. But welcome to COVID season, like everyone else has had to deal with. And these lot are crying over centres when they have two top five guys, in theory. Boy, I don't know. Listen, we'll see if it carries on. We'll talk on their performance today, but yeah. Do you know what it is, yeah? It's because I didn't get a chance to proper enjoy the, the, the off-season. 72 days, it's like two months. And just like mm-hmm. that, the league begins again. But listen, but I can't lie. Yaz is right. I am being spoiled, that's for sure. <laughs> that's the thing. When you're at the top, there's nowhere to go but down, isn't it? So... That's true. That's true. Just like a certain uh, team in Liverpool. For, but, you know, anyway. All right, all right. Move on, move uh, on, move on. Move on. <laughs> so, we'll start with a uh, <laughs> bit of news from the week. Um, so, I will start with Houston. The, Rock- the Houston Rockets have decided to retire the number 13 in honour of James Harden. Um, before I get you guys' opinion on this, I'll just have a, got a little stat here. So, Harden spent um, just over eight seasons with the Rockets from 2012 to 2020. And during that time, he averaged 29 points, seven assists and six rebounds a game. Uh, he was a nine-time All-Star. He won the MVP award in 2018 and he led them to the playoffs every season. So, Harold, I'll start with you. Um, what do you think about the Rockets retiring his jersey? Is it justified? Um, and how do you feel about teams retiring jerseys in general? Uh, okay, good question. I, I think it is warranted. I think the only reason why people might be a bit... Um, a bit spiteful about it is the manner in which he left. We did see him quit on, on the um on his beloved Houston Rockets. And that, that's really where he got his up as well. Obviously, being a six man in OKC, he moves to Rockets and he really finds himself under under um particularly under D'Antoni and Daryl Morey. Um, I think it's warranted like his stats speak, speak for itself, and we're seeing the amazing stuff that, that he can do in Brooklyn. I think people forgot how good he actually is. Um, but yeah, 
and that's the, that's the only blight I can put on him. Obviously, his playoff record is there. It's it's, it's for death for, for all to see. But regular season, the guy's fantastic, a, a, an insanely good scorer and passer mm. of the ball. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just the manner which he left. I think that might leave a leave a bit of taste in the in the Houston faithful. Aside from that, mate, why not? And if you want to retire jerseys for great players, look, I ain't got I got I ain't got nothing against that, man. I've I've no no qualms at all. But I mean, he, he also did get his jersey retired in a in a strip club as well. So hey, that's <laughs> that's, that's that's two in a row for him. <laughs> uh, yes, do you have any opinions on this on the matter? I mean, my my first reaction was like, swear down, really, because you know being. A Boston Celtics fan, there's a certain basketball heritage where you don't get your jersey retired if you haven't won a championship. But yeah, not everyone, you know. And, and to be fair, this might be the, the only time I sort of tip my hat to Harold, you know, with his 12 titles. Obviously, if they had 17, the Lakers, they would have retired uh, George Mikan's jersey. <laughs> George Mikan's jersey is not retired and he won five in Minneapolis. But listen, we digress. Harden, he does deserve <laughs> it. I think, um, look, he, he they've only won two titles in the 90s with Hakeem Olajuwon. Um, Yao Ming's jersey is retired, I believe, by the Rockets. So, I mean, if Yao Ming can get retired, I think Harden is as synonymous with that franchise in the last twenty years as either of those guys. So, and Wade also. So, um, so yeah, fair play. And I think it's 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 a nice touch to do it and announce it now, actually, like rather than the kind of way he left Festa mm. and and yeah. being and they do it later. It's actually quite nice to just do it early doors. So, so fair play. And I, I love the idea of retiring jerseys. The only problem is. Celtics retire a lot of jerseys and yeah. so every time someone signs or gets drafted they want a number can't get it another number they can't get it so uh let me not do everyone but yeah I do like the idea in general I don't really love the idea of retiring jerseys to be honest because I feel like yeah. I feel like I don't know young and up-and-coming people like if you are if you're James Harden's your icon you'd kind of think maybe oh, okay when I join the Houston Rockets I'm gonna have his number as well to try and like continue the legacy sort of thing so, I don't know. The fact that you can just pick pick numbers, eventually you might get to a point where, like, half the roster is taken up because all the numbers are retired. That's literally the Celtics. Listen, if you go through the Celtics' retired numbers, it's, like, one and two for owners and founders. Um, six is there for Bill Russell. Five's going to be gone for Kevin Garnett. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot that are gone. You work your way up, and, yeah, it can get like that. But then... We're saving a young player of taking 13 because they're a hard and stand growing up and they stink it up and uh, never live that town either. Obviously. So, fair yeah. Okay, fair enough. Okay, moving on. Uh, next bit of news is that the Atlanta Hawks on Monday, they fired uh, Lloyd Pierce. Um, so I think he left them uh, 11th in the East. Um, so yes, I'll lead a view on this. Um, why do you think he was fired? And do you think this was the right decision? I think it's easy to say... Uh, there's layers to it, right? And I don't think necessarily he got fired because of what's happening on the court. They they were very, very open with their moves and with his own quotes in the offseason last year that they were going to be a playoff team this year. Mm. Alinari signing for $20 million um, a year, 60 over three years, um, beating other teams to the Bogdanovich signing, getting an experienced vet after, off of a championship winning thing in Rondo. Um, still having young, loads of young coming players, having Trey Young, who's who's considered one of the best, brightest things to come out. Capella, they only really got to see him this year after that was a big trade from, from Houston. They made no bones about wanting to be a playoff team. Right now, they are not a playoff team. They're not even in the play-in. They're mm. close, but they're not, and they've been disappointed. In saying that, they've had a lot of injury issues. Gallinari's been hurt. Bogdanovich has been hurt. 
Um, Rondo didn't start the season. Okongwu, the rookie that they drafted in the top 10, has been hurt. Um, DeAndre Hunter, who I love, has been hurt. But in saying that, the East is, East is a mess this year and you do kind of still expect that they will have done a little bit better mm. um, than teams like Chicago and New York. Um, hey, hey, hey. Hey, 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 I know, I know. But, but listen, fair play to you lot for doing better than them. The other, the other thing is, is like there was a lot of sort of off the court stuff, which I think this is much more to do with. Mm. Um, the, the on the court stuff Agreed. wasn't perfect. Rotations were a bit funny. Um, it, it didn't look like there was a lot of connection between what Lloyd Pierce wanted to do and what was actually happening. And now there's a lot of stories that have come out that that's exactly kind of what was happening. There was a lot of disconnection there, but this stuff off the court goes way, way, way back. And I'm sure Harold will have, will be able to chime in on stuff as well. It goes, him and Trey Young has been frosty at best mm. for basically the whole time they've been working together. Him and John Collins has not been great. He probably hasn't managed the Collins Trey Young situation great that kind of piped up at the beginning of the season about Collins wanting a bigger role. Apparently, he called Collins selfish for wanting a bigger role. That's come out. Mm. Um, Cam Reddish, another coveted uh, draft pick that they've got, another talented young, young wing. Apparently, <laughs> I'm something else then. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Continue, continue. He uh, he uh, he's apparently been like picked on allegedly, and like they've, he's not helping him to to get to his ceiling. Um, yeah, it just didn't seem like a well-run operation. There's kind of stuff that maybe head coaching was a bit too soon for him, mm. but it's a tough one because everyone seems to love him as a guy. He really was in the community, and he was a young black coach, which is everyone kind of just inherently wants to see succeed in the league. So there's it's disappointing, but it felt quite inevitable. And, and I think before we even started, Obi, you mentioned that it might have been preempted. They've got a guy who's been a head coach for 15 years, coming in as an assistant and a very steady head coach in Nate McMillan. Mm. You know, that's, that's, that sounds like a, a plan B from the off, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, just to go, just a uh, tailcoat on what Yaz has said. Before we did start, I did, I did think it was premed- premeditated. Whenever you get a sacking, really, in the first half of the season, there's normally been some there's been some thinking about it maybe it's been communicated as such but you saw in um, a presser that um that pierce had a few days ago where he alluded to perhaps not being necessarily as comfortable as he'd like to be um obviously he speaks that normal jargon that the coaches do yeah i'm glad the pressure's coming on me this and that but deep down you could see in his face you could you just you can tell that there's a disconnect between the board and himself um yeah, I think there's there's other matters involved. Like when your stars not getting along, it's always always looking at the coach. I mean, it's typical in sports. Who, who they're going to get rid of? What's easy to what's easy to change? It's the it's the coaches. That's how it is. And yeah, like Yaz has alluded to, Plan B was always there. But just on him and and he's reigned there in the last three years. Defensive, they've been woeful. Like they've been terrible. Uh, if you look at just their defensive rate in the last three years on, under Pierce, twenty seventh, twenty seventh, and this year twenty fifth. So if you're looking at on-court performances, you're kind of like, okay, I get it. And this year was seen as like playoffs or bust kind of uh, for this team. So obviously they made they made they made a decent move in Rondo in the in the offseason. I was like, okay, maybe, maybe this team can come in. But I said otherwise. But on in, in hindsight, you look at a Rondo. He's very much a maverick in himself. He's very to himself. Not really. He's not that like um, kumbaya kind of guy to bring everyone together. Do you know, he's he's a vet, but. He's like he's very. He can be quite tunnel tunnel minded. I think Yaz m- might be able to um to agree on that. You, you, well, that's well, just when the when Rondo gonna... signed, there was a lot of talk about no, he really wants this new role of being mm. a mentor. Mm. And then you kind of look back and you're like, 
yeah, if he's not in a winning situation, it doesn't it doesn't go well. He, he's he's very competitive and very abrasive. And yeah, I, I I've never you you want him to be able to mentor what he can do and what he can see on a court, but he's probably not the best suited mentor Harold in terms of actually coming into a struggling team and and handling it. Yeah, exactly. So I I actually thought he could do otherwise, but honestly. Yeah, it's, it's, it hasn't worked out as it as as it was planned planned on. But he's meant to be the PS on the court. That's that's kind of why you bring in a vet like that, isn't it? Meant to bring up the young guys, and just it hasn't worked out. And so it is a bit unfortunate on uh, in terms of of Pierce's sacking. You can tell it's been um, the plan B was there beforehand. But hey, at least they at least they did it after Black History Month. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I was going to ask. Um, so I think we talk a lot about the importance of like player power. And how much players have influence on like what goes on like around around the team? Um, how much of an influence do you think player power had in this? And do you think it's okay if, for example, I'm just like Trey Young had a massive hand in him in uh, Lloyd Pierce being fired? So the story just leaked out is that it was at one point a Trey Young Lloyd Pierce thing, and even he sat Trey and John Collins and himself sat down in the offseason like, hey, let's do this guy. But apparently the story is it, it kind of became a whole roster thing. I think okay. I think it's it's one of those things where you don't want to pander to players if they're being obnoxious and they're they're toxic in a way. You could argue as well, as talented as Trey Young is, Trey Young's a fantastic young player. Trey Young ain't done shit. If it's LeBron, okay, it's a different story, arguably. If it's a Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant serial winner, yeah, great. Trey Young is a third-year player who's never played a playoff series, but he's your asset for the foreseeable future, so you have to try and protect him, la, 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 la. But I think at the end of the day, what is a coach's job? A coach's job is to manage situations, players, and games, and that's that's a big part of it. And I think mm. part of it is getting your players on side, Um a big sort of credit that was given to the Ty Lue appointment in LA for the Clippers was that he's a real uh, player's coach. That's just what you got to do these days, I guess. Like if people aren't playing for you and listening and vibing and, and taking your instructions on board, your feedback on board, pulling together in the same directions of what you want to happen on the court, it's just a disaster. And like Harold said, it's easier to replace a coach Mm. Um, as, as disappointed as, as the coaches are in this sacking, it's, it's easier to replace a coach than it is to trade your star. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just the way it is. Like they're the ones on the court doing it. They're the ones who who get the final say, really. Yep. Okay, leading on to that, um, I suppose we can go straight into uh, the double header between the Miami Heat and the Hawks. Um, so it was one-one split. Heat won the first game, 109 to ninety-nine, and then the Hawks won the second game, ninety-four to eighty. So yes, I'll start with you. Um, what were your thoughts on the on the two games? Um, firstly, secondly, um, what do you think that this Hawks team needs to become uh, what people expect them to be at the start of the season? So I think I, I mainly watched the second one. I saw clips of the first one, but it's, it's the second one I watched, which I guess was the Nate McMillan debut. So that kind of gave you a slight indication of, of what changes would be. Well, I hope not, because there weren't many, to be fair. Yeah. It wasn't a good game. Um, uh, both teams were poor. Both teams didn't shoot great. Um, but we want to talk about Hawks defense, Harold. They held Miami to 80. So, you know, that's good. Yep. Um, and a word on Miami, like, let's just talk Atlanta tonight because we've talked Miami. A word on Miami, they look ordinary when Butler is not on the floor, man. So Jim, Jimmy Butler didn't suit up um, last night. <laughs> yeah. And they, yeah, they just don't look good. 
with, mm. uh, with, with without him on the floor. Um, but yeah, in terms of They'd Atlanta, won six in a row before that, to be fair, hmm? they'd won six in a row before. Yeah, I, I was just gonna, you know, you know what? No, you you, you go first, guys, and then I'll, I'll come after yeah, and then chat about. They won six in a row, but Miami are four and ten without Jimmy, and yeah. Um, in terms of Atlanta, Atlanta have so much ability. I think first and foremost is about getting people on the floor. So Gallinari's come back and he's shooting relatively well. He went off against Boston, so I know that all too well. Um, he went ten of twelve from three. He didn't have his amazing shooting night, but um, he got two of six from three. Only twenty five minutes. He just needs to get those reps, get that rhythm. Um, Bogdanovich is coming back now. I think it was his first game back, played 15 minutes. Didn't look great, but that's rust. I think the problem they have now is they have all these, this was always going to be a, a potential banana skin for them this season. They had all these off-season acquisitions mm. and no training camp to, to ingrain them. So if you watch them now, you just see them sort of go to Trey Young, Clint Capella, pick and roll, lob passes, slams a lot because they can both do that at the drop of a hat. I think, mm. The problem for them now, they first need to get everybody healthy, but they also need to find out a way to just get everybody in the game, which is going to be really, really difficult because you're halfway through the season. Collins and um, Trey is still icy. Collins has not been playing well this year. Nowhere near what he should be as a, a supposed max player. He's still getting good numbers, but he's not been amazing. So in terms of what they need to do, I don't know what the answer would be. What I will say is what McMillan at least had them doing was they ran. And I know that sounds really reductionist and silly, but they ran, they contested stuff. Um, now that's new coach bounce maybe and just showing off and putting your chest out a little bit mm. and maybe some embarrassment. They've arguably got someone sacked. I don't know. Um, but for them, I don't know if playoff or bust is the thing now this season, considering how weird the COVID season is. I think for them, it should be see what you've got, take stock of who you've got, whether it be Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, when he comes back, Kevin Herter, and see what works with Trey, with Capella, with Bogdanovich, the people that you have there long-term, because I don't think Collins will be, and just see what comes out and try and, and focus on what your offense is going to look like and just work harder on defense. And if they get the playoffs, great. And um, they still are very much within reach, mm. but it's going to be tough to just do a big turnaround. I think the attitude adjustment is the biggest thing. Yeah. So I was going to touch on um, Miami and Yaz is right. The, 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 the Miami, they're very normal without Jimmy Butler. And unfortunately, that is the way it goes in the NBA. Superstar-driven league, and they start that for a reason. Um, but I do want to talk... I want to talk about someone who is less so ordinary than than the others. I mean, Tyler Hero has been has been underwhelming this season. Kendrick Nunn has been okay. But I want to talk about... Uh, Miami have had I, their issues as well, Miami. They have. They have, absolutely. And, and that's, that's what I'm about to say. Look, they, they started the season very badly. And that was because they weren't a fit team. They weren't healthy. Mm. And but just, just before this Hawks game, before, before they lost to... Um, this this new McMillan team they were they were finally at 500 again after a woeful start right um but I do want to talk about Goran Dragic and he's not this star player but and he's not he's not a role player either he is a jet he's a bona fide starter for this team however he's actually been playing a lot in the second unit mm. and he's been helping them a lot in getting offensive plays he can break down the team quite well um, I'm impressed. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed at how well he does it because even when he's maybe not having the best of nights, his stroke still looks good. He's, he's technically sound. That's what we can say that in football that he has a good technique and he's in, in how he plays. And I think he at least is a sign of that there is still some quality in this Miami team, if, even outside of uh, Jimmy Butler. But yeah, like like as I saying, there's still some there's still some inherent problems with this uh, with this Heat team. How far they go, boy. Honestly, I'll leave that to Shaq to, to make his predictions. But yeah, I'm not I'm not buying them this season. I can't lie to you. Mm. Okay. 
Um, yeah, I'd say I agree with you, Howard. I've, well, to be honest, whenever, uh, when Shaq was last on, it was when Miami were doing really badly. So I'm glad they hasn't been on since they, uh, <laughs> since they turned up in four, because I can't bother to hear him talking, talking about how they're the champions, blah, 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 or whatever. Yeah, that nonsense. <laughs> um, so moving on from that game. Um, so Howard, I'll come to you for this one. So uh, last night, the Suns beat the Lakers 114 to 104. Um, the Lakers, I think, are two and seven in the last nine games, which is pretty pretty terrible. Um, Harold, I will not get your thoughts on the game, but first and foremost, I wanted to point out that uh, Devin Booker was ejected in the third quarter of this game for aggressively bounce passing a ball to the referee, um, and it seemed to me quite ridiculous. So I wanted to get your thoughts on the ejection and how easily refs give technicals in general. I think Melo got one the other day for just throwing his hands up in the air or something like that as well. And I just find it, I find it so frustrating. Like you can't, you're not even allowed to be um, annoyed. You can't express yourself at all. Yeah, it's, you can't express it's, yourself it's, it's so, yeah. do you know what? It's so funny, yeah, because in the NBA, it's such an expressive league. Like you see in the presses that they have in comparison to football, which obviously that we all watch, it's so different. Everyone is so outspoken, mm. but on the court, in comparison to like a pitch, it's completely different. Yeah. You can't say one word out of turn. You can't do any actions. Like I remember when I first started watching basketball, if you ha- if you hung from the ring for hung from the rim for, for more than like two seconds, that's it, tech. Yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? Like this is unbelievable. But yeah, back to your point on Booker. I you know what? It was a, it was a terrible call, but I think they were overcompensating. So earlier in the game, we saw uh, KCP and and Booker go at it. They were on the right side of um of of the wing, and, and KCP had the ball, and he blows right by him. And as Booker drops to the floor, he grabs KCP's foot and mm. pulls his foot towards him. KCP doesn't react to anything, but Booker only gets a common foul, and everyone's like, "Are you kidding me?" Everyone's outraged. Like that should at least be a f- that. That's that's the clear definition of a flagrant, like or at least a tech, right? So mm. then, um, so le- later on, so in, in another sequence, you see Booker go up for a dunk on a on a transition play, and it's only KCP back. So KC- so KCP goes up and jumps with him. I don't think he does anything on toward, or maybe it's a foul call, but but then he gets a flagrant for it, and everyone's like, "Are you kidding me?" Like that is not a flagrant, but um, but Booker pulling a man's leg while he's on the floor is, is just a common foul so when he just did that bounce pass I think it was just frustration from the referees and the fact that they've just been heckled for the entire game mm. um, but by the by the Laker faithful Bron is, a, is, is, is the best example of that he's always shouting you can hear him with no fans always hear him shouting at the refs every time but yeah see you later ejected but yeah it was it was it was trivial. It was stupid. It, 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 it's, in my opinion, it should never have been um, an ejection at all. Mm. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, so what do you think about player ejections and technicals? I think the NBA need to be careful about what kind of league they want to be, to be honest. And mm. I think like the ratings haven't been amazing. Um, they're always going to be playing second fiddle to the NFL. Mm. Um, and I think there's there, there needs to be like a whole officiating review it's not just the technicals but obviously there's a lot of discussion about fouling and and foul baiting and and it's just ridiculous in fact that's a funny thing about the Lloyd Pierce um uh sacking is that on a conference call about officiating did you see what he said about Trey and foul getting he said 
he said he hates he hates the shots he takes and he hates the way that he goes for fouls rather than going to the basket. Um, so yeah, that would have really helped uh, their their relationship. But yeah, I think the flagrant thing is like it happened to JJ Redick again the other week. Like he he bounced the ball to a ref and got chucked out of the game. It's pathetic, mm. and I think I think mm. they need to be careful about what what their branding is. It's like they want this censored kind of ultra managed product, but it's it'll be a better product without it. Don't throw out Devin Booker over nothing in a prime time yeah. Phoenix Lakers top of the Nonsense. Western Conference clash. Nonsense. Like, I mean, we're lucky that LA still went and lost, but <laughs> but like, but if you're Phoenix, if you're Phoenix and you're trying to make a huge statement about your place in the West this year, and then you lose that game because of that decision, it's like, what, yeah. what are we doing here? It's ridiculous. And then if you're watching that game and Booker's out, it's like, all right, cool. And it's not just that or the fouling; it's the late game. Um, decisions, some of the challenges of, of the whistle comes at the wrong time so baskets afterwards don't get allowed um, how long that the final two minutes are taking at the moment is, is there's a lot of officiating issues at the moment and I, I don't know if it's just this year it feels like it's bad particularly this year um, but I'm sure people mm. say that every year mm. um, Harold I come to you just to get your thoughts on general about the Lakers' performance, so you can vent a little, you know, like because it's like a therapy session, you know, you can talk about whatever you like, whatever's bugging you. Not this um, time, not this time. <laughs> um, so I want to get your thoughts on the game, firstly, and secondly, um, do you think there's any chance that um, this, obviously, AD's injured, but this like downturn in form might make the Lakers push into some like last minute, you know, trade deals or anything like that to try and get bark up this squad a little bit. Yes, yeah, so I was actually talking to Yaz like privately just before we came on, and I was saying if you just watch the first couple of couple of possessions of this Lakers this Lakers Suns game, it basically depicts the entire game for you. Uh, there's a few things that are, are are a key problem for us right now. Um, you see us, you see, uh, you see the Suns team shooting from from all over the place. So everyone in the NBA is a good three point shooting team, apart mm. from this bloody Lakers team. <laughs> we are 25th in the league. Um, for three-point shooting, let me let me tell you the kind of people that we are we, we're we're around in <laughs> in that in that respect. The Knicks got we, me down there somewhere. No, do you, no, the Knicks are not even not even do too bad to be honest. We're no, around. No, we're, the, the, Knick, the Knicks are really bad for attempts, but oh. we're actually bad at makes. Mm. Don't bother shooting them because you think it's nineteen ninety six. But yeah, we're around the company of Detroit, mm. uh, Minnesota, Cleveland. What these are. Terrible three-point shooting teams. We've just we we've been like this for the entire season. So it's not even a depiction of how uh, AD and Schroeder have uh, like uh, missed a few games. Um, the whole game on on its on its whole, it was like we, we didn't have Mark Gasol um, in the team. There was some like COVID um, problems there. He he had to pull out um, for whatever reason. And well, after hearing you on Sunday, that's that's probably a good thing. Right? I was going to say that's, that's what I thought. And then I, and then <laughs> I, I, I hope you're not about I, to use that as an excuse. No, 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 not at all, not at all. Um, Trezor there started at the five, but you saw just a clear mismatch. Aiton, even from the tip off, Aiton was like, "Yo, this is I'm chilling, man. I can do whatever I want." Yeah. Um, the only time I actually saw someone compete with Aiton at the rim was Braun in the first quarter aside mm. from that he was doing whatever he wanted mm. and then Saric was looking like Nikola Jokic on, in, in the clutch I was like are you this is insane to me honestly I we were completely um outplayed like throughout the entire game even after the um the, the book ejection bear in mind the book ejection came in the third quarter with seven minutes left that's a good portion of the game that's almost half of the game left mm. we never really got in it, it, our biggest um as close as we got to them was about five points. They always looked comfortable. From there, they stretched it to eight and then to 10, and they eventually obviously won the game. 
we never looked like we were ever going to get anywhere close to them. We, despite us being a terrible three-point shooting team, unlike your Knicks, Obi, we keep shooting the three, mm. and we won't stop shooting the three. There's no cuts to the rim. KCP, okay, look, you, I said I wasn't going to rant, but here I am ranting. <laughs> KCP, let me give you a little about KCP. KCP, these last last ten games, has managed to average eight points, three rebounds, and one assist. Yeah, in these last four games, he has managed to go zero from four from three twice. He's ma- he the best he's done in the last five in the, in the last in the last how many in the last um the last ten games his average from three is twenty nine percent. Oh, don't you worry, but he's still shooting them. And and if you go to a guy like Wes Matthews, who is supposed to be this three and D guy, um he 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 always get put in a blender on on D, and he doesn't shoot. He's averaging about one shot a game. It's driving me mad. It's driving me mad. Oh, um, wait, 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 wait. Were you talking about how good he's been the other day? Oh, no, no, no. That, that, was, that was that one game against OKC. He was brilliant. Oh. He was brilliant in that one. That's the only game he's been good this whole year. That's the only game. <laughs> Aside from that, he's been absolute rubbish. Um, but yeah, so let me not continue Can I just say, going. If anyone is listening to this, chuckling at Harold like I am, and really enjoying just hearing <laughs> the Lakers just cry purple and gold, Go and listen to Sunday's episode as well because it's about 20 minutes of two Laker fans nearly coming to blows because they're both just for no reason, just because they're (laughs) angry at the team for no reason. Even at the point where they were arguing about Julius Randle's minutes. (laughs) Honestly, to to lash out, lash out. Can I just say a word about the the Suns? Is is uh, you mentioned Saric, Harold? So I didn't actually watch this game. I I haven't found time to watch this game yet, but I've actually really liked what they do with Saric. He hasn't played a lot of minutes. And it's funny you say you look like Jokic because next to Harold Montrez, he, he probably will. Like what they what they do, they're very, very sort of four, four out, one in team when Aiton is in there and they use Aiton as a more conventional big man. But when Saric goes in, they just space up everything. Um, so Saric is there, small ball five. And he's, he's just a really clever player. Like he makes very quick passes that go into the paint straight out. Um, he's not bad in like low post moves. He, he can get things around the rim. He's a decent shooter. He's he's stronger than I thought he was. Like going up against against conventional centers as well. He, he doesn't win all the time, but um, so it's interesting. They don't play him often, but the fact that they went nearly thirty minutes with him last night and he got his twenty one points, just looking at the box score, mm-hmm. and you're saying how how good he looked against someone like Harold. Um, fair play, Monty Williams, the Phoenix coach, because fans don't love some of his adjustments, but that seemed like a a pretty savvy one if, if that's how it played out because I do like what I do I almost they don't do it a lot so it can't be the best most effective thing but I prefer watching Phoenix with Saric in there ahead of Aiton personally just yeah ag- agreed agreed uh, I, yeah for, for, for sure I definitely do have some some compliments to give to the Suns look it's not an accident that they're second in the West like at all but just just to answer your, your last question about um about uh, about Bus and, and Palinka, perhaps like looking the fact that we we do need a, another big. I think it's clear for all to see. Um, we did we, uh, we did pick up a man called Damian Jones. If you don't know who that is, honestly, you'll be forgiven. Um, he's a five year vet. Um, he got put onto the waiver by by Phoenix Suns. Funnily enough, we picked him up on a ten day contract. Um, so yeah, so he can come and fill in for for Mark Gasol, obviously now being out and um, and uh, obviously uh, and obviously AD are being out for the for the month. So let's see. Let's see how he's been. I mean, he's he was all right last night. Like, let, let me even get his his averages up. Like, he was. What, what I'm saying is, from watching it, he did he did more than than, than Montrez did. Let's just say that. Um, he he managed to cut back in. No, he didn't do that great. <laughs> Forget <laughs> it. Um, he didn't do that great at all. But he just looks way more active. He he just looks like he looks like more of a five than 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 Trez does, and that's just from size alone. Um, yeah. Who else was I going to say? Yeah. So, in regards to Trez, I think it's clear. I think it's clear even before. Uh, 
even before we even before that uh, AD and and um Angosol went down, I think it's I think it's clear. I think it's clear that we 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 need some rim protection. Look, we're not gonna win a championship with no rim protection and no interior defense. Like it's just it's just as simple as that. I have to be completely honest with you. Wing defender is another option that wing defense is another area that I do think we need some focus as well, because Wes doesn't look like he's it. I think I've given him enough opportunities now. So yeah, man. Yeah, that's that. But yeah, on the Suns, um, I do wanna I do wanna wax lyrical on the Suns a little bit. Um we all saw their bubble performance. They went eight and zero in the bubble, and we're like, "Oh, okay, so it's the bubble. Well done, Devin." Um, Devin um, Booker went went absolutely. He went off. He was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Look, in their last fourteen games, the Phoenix Suns, they've only lost two, mm-hmm. and those two games, those two losses came against the high flying uh, Brooklyn Nets and a very narrow loss to the Charlotte Hornets. But when Malik Monk drops twenty nine on you, you know it's not your night. Okay, you just need to pack your bags and go home. Be like, you know what? Fair enough. We're not going to win tonight. It's cool. Um, yeah, but there's, there's another player I wanted to give a little bit of credit for, and there's another guy you might not really know much of, but Cameron Johnson. Cameron Johnson um, is he's in his sophomore year. He he uh, he was a, he was eleven he was eleventh pick in the in the first round of the 2019 draft. Um, his shooting really was meant to be his main trait, but there's a lot of concern, similar to MPJ, about his injuries. So everyone's wondering how well could he be this and that, but he's defensive. He's defend. He's defending is fairly good. I think he's learning a lot from Mikhail Bridges. But I watched Mikhail Bridges. I think he looks. He is exemplary as, as a defender. Piece. He is. Solid what piece. was that? He's a solid, solid like squad. Oh my gosh, he's. I I think I genuinely think he is. He's their. He's their third best player on that on that Suns team. CP3, Booker, and then and then Bridges. In my in my honest opinion, he's fantastic. He's learning a lot from him as well. And and as you can see, as I willed off about KCP and he's rubbish. He he said, <laughs> KCP, yo, you don't get anything from me tonight. And KCP ended with four points. Like it's it was clear. The Phoenix Suns are good, man. Like they 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 deserve this. Look, wherever CP3 goes, he's he's a positive catalyst. That's all I can say. People can yeah. have these. They have their reservations about him as a man, as as his, his own character, or whatever. But regardless, where he goes, they they tend to do well. They're always yeah, on an upward yeah. trajectory and big props to him big props to um big big props to um i, f- I forgot the name of the coach he, if, if uh monty williams um so yeah man look sons do your thing man you're doing well i think it's more more a sunday topic at some point but i think people are gonna have to start asking like they've been asking about utah all year just how seriously we can take yeah, the yeah well, for considering sure. that they're now out ahead in in second um you know, still three and a half games off the top with the Lakers and, and just ahead of the Clippers. But the fact that they're right there in the mix, just behind the Jazz, um, and then they have the experience of like a Chris Paul and, and everything like that. It'd be interesting to see, but that's more a Sunday chat, I believe. But yeah. For sure. Cool. So with that, um, we've let Harold go on and on and on about the Lakers, you know. talking. About- stop me. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Glad <laughs> you something to shut up. It's content. It's good content. <laughs> so that's the opportunity, yes, for you to do the same. So <laughs> the Celtics beat the Clippers 117 to 112. Uh, yes, what are your thoughts on the game, first off? Um, and secondly, Kemba Walker had a pretty good performance. Um, are you, um, is there any possibility of you coming around on him? Because I know you're quite, a, you're quite a down on him sort of guy. Um, is there any possibility of you thinking this could actually be, you know, upturn in form and he could be a useful addition to this team? Or is there no chance coming back? I don't think he's awful in it. I've never said he's awful, awful, awful player. I just still think that the decision was unwise and and I don't think we're going to win with him. Um, on the game before I taught Kemba, game was good. The game was good. First half in particular, everyone was making everything and it wasn't even bad defense. Like it was, it was okay defense. The shot making was just unreal um, from everybody. The first half shooting percentages were unbelievable. 
Um, Jalen Brown had been rested, so he shot out the gate, but then sort of had a quiet second half because his knee flared up again, mm. which is apparently why he's turned down the dunk contest. And he's, he's oh. Jalen Brown hasn't looked good for a good few games now. Um, I think we cursed him by putting him in a one courtside one v one against Ingram, like which was the, third, the sort of the second or third game of his slide where you could see that the legs weren't under him for the shooting and everything like that. Um, him and Tatum have both been shooting really, really poorly. Yeah. Um, we're talking like Jalen Brown before last night was like two of 16 across his four games or something like that. And Tatum was about five of 20. Like they're, they're shooting really badly from three. Um, but they both have reasons. So Jalen Brown's got his knee tendonitis. Jason Tatum has spoken really really publicly about not being great after covid um and having quite a bad bout of after effects with that and you can see it tatum had an awful night tatum tatum finished with uh how many points how many points tatum finished? 14 points and he was he was he was on like hovering around 10 for most of the game um Jalen brown an amazing first half terrible second but again um and so that's where we come to to kemba uh kemba <laughs> thank god for him last night i will never be like, yes, he's the missing piece for us to win a championship because his limitations are just always going to be there. Mm. And although although he's shot really well last sort of nine games, he's been about 40% from three. Uh, he's also been about 40, 35% from six feet. So he's still not quite... I don't even think it's a physical thing. I think physically he looks fine. People talk about the knee. I think he physically looks good, but he just hasn't been doing what he usually or used to do around the rim. And I think losing that dynamism in terms of just his aggression and, and his competitiveness and the belief in himself is what's really been showing. So it's good that he started shooting, shooting proper from beyond the arc. So he went six of 12 last night and, and thank God he did. Hopefully that opens up some more opportunities for him. He's actually been defending well too. I've got to give it to Kemba. Like his hands have been really active. He's getting tips. He's getting steals. Um, the assignments he can realistically take on, he's taken on pretty well. The problem is, it's just it's just not going to translate, is it, to to the playoffs? Um, so we definitely need him to be doing this, especially with Brown and Tatum and the load they're carrying, because I think everyone who listens to the podcast is well aware of what I feel about the roster. On that though, there is two big positives. Yeah, I thought two big positives. And were you going to ask about anyone in particular, Obi? Uh, Rob Williams and Peyton Pritchard. Listen, did I talk about Rob Williams last week as well? I think I thought- you did. I feel like I did. I don't give a shit. I'm going to talk about him again. <laughs> Rob Williams is he? He's always I'm been Lord. one step forward, one step back, one step forward, one step back. Like rookie year, he was swatting ads dunks. It was he. He was mad talent. The athleticism's ridiculous. He's got a, ridiculous. He's got a seven six wingspan despite being six nine or something. He's what an athlete. But he's not just an athlete. Like he, he you liken him to Clint Capella if you first sort of watch them play, but. His passing is actually when he's in rhythm and in the in the mood. His passing is exceptional. His jumpers getting a little bit better, um, and he will just tip in and finish anything. Like you put anything up there for a lob, and it's coming straight down, and uh, that adds a massive dimension that we don't have otherwise. Especially with Tristan Thompson still just not really being good enough. Like he's the third best center that we have. It's just what it is. And Tyus is fantastic, but not a uh, lob threat like Rob Williams is. Reason Peyton, Peyton Pritchard is so relevant is because them two look like they're going forward just going to be what our second unit is, really. Um, we have five bona fide starters in the injured smart Tatum, Brown, Kemba, Tice, and we have nothing on the bench. So the idea that Peyton Pritchard, who went five of eight last night, 
four of seven from deep. Who he's a really good shooter and was in college anyway. Um, but he finds Rob a lot. They have a good little pick and roll chemistry. The idea that they could now come off the bench and contribute 20 points a night, 25 points a night, and not have the dipping quality be so drastic as it has been at times this season is massive. Mm. The problem for both of them is Peyton Pritchard, who knows what he'll look like in the playoffs. His rookie is unknown quantity. And Rob Williams has health issues. There's a reason he's exploding now in his third year rather than his second or his first. He's barely played. Mm. Um He's only now clocking up minutes that most of our rookies did last year from last year. So they played more last year than Rob has up until this point. Mm. But yeah, he, 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 he's, he's smartened up as a player. The reason he was one step, one step forward, one step back was always just because he was a bit fucking dopey, to be honest. But every game he's getting better. He's being left out there in clutch moments in fourth quarter moments. He's getting steals now from really good reads and getting into passing lanes, grabbing it. I love Rob Williams. I think he could really be like a complete center, like every aspect of the game, not Jokic, but a complete, complete center, maybe without the three. So we, we really are banking on uh, both of them to Peyton Pritchard and Rob Williams to, to do something this year because our, our off-season signings were bad. The depth at wing is bad. So, so we need them to be as good as they were last night. Mm. I want to touch on the, um on the Clippers side of things. I think, uh, they have they've been a team that started a bit shakily. Oh no, started a bit well, and then had that really shaky game against um against uh, the Mavs, and they they bounced back from that quite well. And since then, they had a, they had a couple of injuries to uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Obviously, they're their two main stars, and they've slowly been trying to find their form. And I think if you look at um. That's the, uh, that's the reason why Devin Booker and he's in his um in his press that so you saw him like talk about. Are you sure you're watching the games? Because if you look at the the, the box score for uh, for Paul George, you see 32 points, um five rebounds, four assists. You're like, okay, that's a really good game. However, and look, and this is this is no Paul George slander because I've been getting stick from, from one of our followers for saying that I've given Paul George too much praise this season. But this season, especially in the last two quarters, you've seen that the same limitations that we saw of Paul George in the in the playoffs. We saw him come up really short in the clutch. Um, in his last his last two fourth fourth quarters, he has ma- he has managed to he's managed seven points. He's gone three from nineteen from the field, and he's gone one from eleven from three point land, and he's shooting twenty five percent in in the clutch so far this season. I think that is the main area of of worry I really have um for Paul George in particular Kawhi less so because I think Kawhi's actually playing some of the best basketball I've ever seen um from him um he is he's missed about four or five games I know Obi I think you're going to ask me I'm sorry I'm, I'm already I'm answering your question I'm, you're going to ask me about whether it's low it's load management or whatever even if it is honestly I don't mind he's missed about four or five games th- uh, this year when's the last time we saw that from a Kawhi Leonard that was uh, what the 15, 16, 16, 17 season over in San Antonio. Like we, it's been a long time since we've seen that. He's playing fantastic. I'm about to say football, fantastic basketball. Um, yeah, look, honestly, I've got I've got no grievances against him, but in the clutch, I worry for this Clippers team. I don't know what it is. I can't pin it down to to something, one thing or another. But it just falls short, particularly that Bucks game. Mm. They went both him, both Kawhi and Paul George went four minutes. 
in the in the when they it was genuinely it was the same score from both ends. Look, it was 110 to to 100 in like the last four minutes of that Bucks game, and they and they both went goose egg from from the field. They couldn't convert absolutely couldn't convert anything, and that's my main worry for this for this LA team. But hey, this this is a that's a that's a problem for Ty Lue. Let's see if he can if he can solve that. But look, all credit to the Celtics, they're bouncing back well. Kemba Walker is, is showing he's. I want to say, I want to say he's, he's flattering to deceive again because, like Yaz said, he shows he's he's so good in the regular season, but come playoffs, that's why that's why Yaz is like he's speaking like this because he just knows already. Like it's just, like it's the same with the same with Yanis. Like Yanis is amazing in the regular season, but come playoffs, come playoffs, it's going to build a brick wall in front of you. And I guess the difference between a Yanis and a Kemba is with Kemba's physical limits, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know true. He's going to get targeted. You know that if they crowd him out. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna be swatted or or he won't be able to get passes over people and I think that's just the issue with with small guards and and you're I think you're capped unless they're very 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 special and Kemba's fantastic Kemba is an all star caliber guard he's he's maybe dropping off a little bit now as he's turning thirty and has these knee issues but it's just um, you just know what's coming I'll get into it maybe another time later but I we do need Kemba to do this because I actually have some concerns about whether Brown and, and Tatum complement each other very well compared to like a Jokic Murray which we'll touch on in a little bit um but yeah we need him to be what he was last night every night yeah. on on the Clippers though Harold you mentioned sort of fourth quarter issues we are or at least were until maybe two games ago literally statistically the worst fourth quarter team in the league Mm. We're, if, 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 if the game of basketball suddenly became a 36-minute affair, I'd be a lot more happy about how we were doing, <laughs> right? We, and, and we went into the fourth quarter one point down. And I literally, I just was like, well, <laughs> all right. Like, we're the worst fourth quarter team in the league and we're going into the fourth quarter one point down. I don't think it's going to end very well for us. And, and we got the win. And a lot of that came from, yeah, Paul George started chucking. Um, I think he could have looked for better looks than he actually got. I don't know, if, again, if that's pressure and... And all that. He was well guarded by Tatum and Brown as, as much as they didn't score well. But yeah, I, I think when you say you don't know what it is with this Clippers team, my issue with them is they have no flexibility. I, I, bruv, I sat there on my flipping couch after watching this game. I booted up the trade machine, no light, for the Clippers. And I was proper trying to think what I could do. And I thought, right, so playmaking, they could do a little bit of. Yeah, that's still right. Of. Mm-hmm. But then, like, so I, I looked at Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio has been commenting about wanting to he's just pissed in Minnesota. He's like, we're not really building good habits. This isn't how we're meant to play. So I thought, ah, oh, let's try to get Ricky Rubio in. They, they can't like, let's try to get, um, people talk about Lonzo on our timeline. No chance. No, they no, not assets to get Alonzo. No. So even, even Rondo, they couldn't afford. He went to Atlanta part of the time, partly for 7 million a year. So mm. they have nothing. They have Lou Williams on Lou Williams on 8 million a year. Uh, Pat Bev on, I think he's on about 13 million a year. And to be honest, they can't lose Pat Bev because, he actually he, he's he's good as a guard in his role, but they need more. Luke Kennard, they signed to that big extension from next year. Luke Kennard's been really poor this year. Reggie Jackson isn't really tradable. He's on like two, three million. The contracts they actually have that are expendable to the team mm. aren't enough in value to get much worthwhile back. Mm. So they're pretty stuck. I think the only thing they could do was may is maybe move Lou Will. But then if they move Lou Will for 8 million, what are you really getting back? And then you lose some of the bench score. It's, it's, they're in a really tough little bind where their development needs to come internally. And I just don't know where it is. Because I think we kind of know what all these players are. 
um, that they have right now. There's no one I see as an X factor who's going to explode in the playoffs in a way different to what we're seeing now, which is the same for me because I backed them to get out of the West, but that's before I knew what uh, Utah were on. Um, anyway, yeah, that's enough for the Clippers from me. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I look, I've, I think Gaz makes a fantastic point about the, the, the lack of flexibility. You know, from a, from a team who is always linked to every single uh, point who becomes available, who is doing well, you know that there's, there's a clear area of weakness. And a lot has been said about Pat Bev and his defence, and he's obviously this great defensive guard, but he has seriously dropped off recently. I can, I can genuinely say hand on heart that I would rather a Dennis Schroeder defence on, on my team than a Pat Bev today, genuinely. He's not, he's not the man he, he used to be, unfortunately. And on top of that, he's never been that facilitator. So, yeah, let's, let's see how it happens. Look, that's, that's, that's the joy of the playoffs. That's the joy of chopping and changing. Let's, yeah, let's, let's, let's see how it goes, man. So how do, well, just out of curiosity, because obviously it seems like both the pair of you are quite like um, not optimistic about the Clippers um, like advancing to maybe the Western Conference Finals. So are we, are we saying that like we just expect them to, you know, maybe second round they'll be out or... Like, no I, one I, I still think they'll. I I still think they should get to the conference finals. Yeah, and then once you're in a conference finals, is whatever happens happens. Yeah, exactly. I still think they should get to the conference finals. But like Harold said, there's just something not there, and it's hard mm. to put a finger on it. I think again, I think it's a tough little snowball in that. I think the bubble was really bad for them. Not just the. It, it's funny as much as we joke about the way they bottled stuff. Like you had. Lou Will, Montrez coming in different times, all of that sort of stuff. Montrez obviously had a, a big family tragedy, um, which might have affected his play. They're, I think they're better. I think Batum and Ibaka add something that they didn't have last year. I think Marcus Morris no, being locked up on money maybe is more com- comfortable. I don't know, but they know each other better. Ty Lue maybe is a little bit more modern than Doc Rivers. But it's just something there. And I think it, I think at the end of the day, it's going to come on what Kawhi and Paul George do. And I think maybe it's just that I'm still waiting to see what Paul George is really on. I think that's it. And I think they should make the Western Conference Idols. Don't get it twisted. I think if they don't, again, it's a disappointment. Mm. Um, but then you've got people like Phoenix and Utah and Denver uh, in that playoff picture that could just smack you up. So, mm, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they need Paul George to go super... They need Kawhi to go supernova in case... Uh, Paul George falters. That likelihood of that happening is low, unfortunately. Paul George needs to pick up pick up his his slack in the fourth quarter, not over the season. In the fourth quarter, in clutch moments, particularly in the playoffs. Unfortunately, he can't do that right now. But he's not filling me with any confidence to suggest that he can. If they don't make it, are they? I just this thought popped into my head. If they don't make it, are they like one of the most like what's the word? Um, underperforming, underachieving teams. <laughs> Disappointments. Disappointing. Yeah. 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 I think listen, if the if if the Paul George trade don't bang, they're fucked. Yeah, yeah. hundred. All their picks, losing S uh Gilgis Alexander in it. Like I, I get it, he's there for five years now, he's locked up, but and I think Kawhi still will be because he just wants to live at home. Like he doesn't really care about anything else. But they have to win. Like that's mm-hmm. why they made the trade. Don't get it twisted. This isn't like a hey, let's just move some things around. Them, the Nets, like AD to the Lakers, if those things didn't or don't result in winning, failure, straight up. Yeah. Quick, quick, quick last question, just out of curiosity for me. Um, so Kawhi missed the Celtics game. Um, don't know if it was low management or if it was a genuine injury. He was doubtful for the Wizards game. Um, but then obviously we've got the All-Star game, which he should be playing at the weekend. If you're a coach 
and your player said, okay, I'm missing this game, missing this game, but I'm playing an all-star game. How would you feel about that? That's well, well, I'm going to take this one, Harold, if you don't mind, because I've got PTSD from Kemba was never the same after doing this. <laughs> Kemba had knee troubles going into last year's all-star game and we only really got him back about five games ago. So yeah, it can be irritating. But I think realistically, it's an all-star game. Do you know what I mean? Like you can get injured anywhere as John Wall has shown us. Um, I think it is a bit, <laughs> you could argue is piss taking here, but we've got Jalen Brown, for example, maybe Kawhi at this stage of his year, uh, career, um, it's not the same as Brown. It's a false equivalence or whatever, but Brown has got his first all-star game in Atlanta, his hometown. We all know that his knee is not in a great place with tendonitis. He needs rest. It's not a bad injury, but it's a nagging one. He needs two weeks off. Mm. And we've been resting him on and off. Uh, like last night, second half, we basically rested him because we just kept him in the corner all night. But you don't get in the way of someone going to do the all-star game on kind of like a credit level, I guess. And they are contractually obliged to do it. That is the other thing. Um, so I guess the argument on its flip on its flip side is they have to do the all-star game um, unless it's serious like a AD or you just want to bottle it and, and keep yourself like KD. Sorry, Cy. Um, like you have to really realistically. So rest them for the two games before. It's not great, but I think... You, you, the players like it, isn't it? I think I think it's it's one of those things. If they want to go, you just you just manage it as best you can. We just talked about Trey Young and and Lloyd Pierce. Like you're there to manage the players and have a frank conversation with them and everything like that. So I think you just got to let them go, really. Okay. So we'll round off this conversation with talk about the Bucks versus the Nuggets game, which took place yesterday. The Nuggets beat the Bucks 128 to 97. Um, so Jokic put on, got a triple-double, 37-point triple-double. Um, yes, I want to lead with you of this because obviously um, anyone who might be listening to this uh, tonight or tomorrow, um, the courtside uh, team just put out projections for or leaderboards at the minute for top five MVP. Um, if you want to have a look and check it out and you know interact with us, let us know what your thoughts are on it and everything like that. Um, a lot of people um, didn't put Jokic in their five. So yes, I want you. I want to hear your thoughts on his performance, um, his performance yesterday, and why you think he is the the top candidate MVP at the minute. Because obviously you had him first in your list, right? Not having him in your five is ridiculous. It's ridiculous, and it just shows you're not watching him, fam. Straight up, it's ridiculous. And people like every argument you throw at it, like are oh, standing. They're three games behind the Sixers. For people and and Embiid isn't even questioned and has played like three hundred less minutes, like this guy. Uh, people sort of talk about the MVP being best team, best best team's best player. Like no man, like Nikola Jokic has put on levels of performance that are jaw dropping every single week of the season. Like it's not like a he had a spike and he's still in my mind or whatever. This guy is just unbelievable. Um, Nuggets are one of the best offences in the league and that's with not great offensive players that's with Gary Harris that's with Monte Morris that's with Will Barton who all of them had had bad seasons Jamal Murray and uh, MPJ Michael Porter Jr they've had good last few games few weeks uh, especially Jamal Murray's really trending up they started the season terribly and the Nuggets were still one of the best offences in the league um, they've just gone and blown out the Bucks without breaking a sweat because Jokic has got to a point where he's just unguardable. 
if you cut like listen if you come out and you try and trap that guy he's probably the best passer in the nba up there with lebron maybe yeah those two let's say um you can debate that everywhere he's top three without a doubt um if you leave him all the time in the world this guy's hitting threes at a ridiculous rate mm. top of the key no problem if you cut out his three and you cut out the passing and you do all of this sort of stuff Who's actually stopping him in the post? It wasn't really Gobert in the playoffs last year. It wasn't Giannis Antetokounmpo last night. He was spin moving him to oblivion and, and getting his 37 points. Like these, these, he's getting whatever he wants. And what well, I think he's he's got 50 career triple doubles now after last night. Only the ninth player to do it up there with ridiculous company. I don't remember the names offhand, but ridiculous company. And people might just say, oh, triple double, triple double, empty. Russ has kind of ruined the meaning of that Westbrook, but like this shows how this guy encompasses all aspects of the game. Like his, his rebounds aren't empty defensively. They're really key. He boxes out really, really well. And he gets the ball straight away and the transitions for the nuggets are rapid. He's unbelievable. Like, and, and, and just watching him as well is a joy. He's, he's one of the best players to watch most unconventional players to watch. Cause he, he maybe lacks in certain center skill sets and then blows everyone away with other ones. And then if you look at the numbers for this guy, like for his MVP case, his win shares are through the roof. He's leading the league in win shares. He's leading the league in uh, VORP value over replacement player by a mile. He's leading the league in PER. He's leading the league in box plus minus. He's, I think his PER is like sixth all time or something ridiculous. Like, and I know analytics bore people and it's not the argument everybody wants to make, la, 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 la. But like the eye test is backing this guy. The analytics are backing this guy. They're screaming they're backing. He's blendering up Yanis in a blowout. And I think the Nuggets are on the upward trend as well. People want to talk about team standings. They're going to be a top five team in the West, no problem. No problem, right? And, and other teams will fall off. And I think this is the one season where I think standings shouldn't matter as much because everyone's losing people with health and protocol and da-da-da-da-da. Um, yeah, he, he, he is unbelievable. And I think last night he showed that as well his performance was ridiculous i don't know how you guard him to be honest i don't know who is best suited to guard this guy in the league i think him and bead uh, is happening at the end of the month that'll be a really good battle um but he's shown himself against gobert he's shown himself against yanis he's shown himself against Embiid. their 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 head-to-heads aren't aren't too aren't too bad so um Gobert has no chance anyway he cannot guard outside that perimeter so Hey, he's, he's unbelievable. And I think I think it's a weird one to not have him in. Just I think it's a weird one. I don't mind you not having him first. I think he's the leading candidate for MVP and I have since week two or three uh, with Embiid. Um, but to not have him in like your five or the discussion is mad to me. Mad. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with with Yaz. I think I think he's a he's a he's a he's a fen, he's a phenom to watch. I think he is honestly like he blows your mind. Sometimes you look at him and you're like how have you just done that? You watch it back and he does the same thing. You're like, you're still surprised. Some of these, uh, Yaz shared a, uh, a a highlight reel of just his passes. I was watching that. I was just there like, this is so effortless. When you're that good at basketball, look, it just, it just comes naturally. And I think this is his best year. Yeah, I think he's excelling. He's excelling where uh, Jamal Murray is stuttering as usual in a regular season. He is, like Yaz has said, he's the reason for why they're even still in the, the playoff run, a playoff like hunt as such. They're seventh in the West. Look, he is a, a fantastic, fantastic five to have. It's always, always people making comments about his defense. Always. However, it's not as bad as people make it out to be. As 
always. That's just generally how it goes when you don't watch this team. You go along with narratives, unfortunately. But he's generally a, an all-round fantastic player to watch. Personally, I have Embiid over him just because I think Embiid is, is that much better than him um, defensively, whilst maybe not being as offensively great. Um, go yeah, pop him so- on top of the Defensive Player of the Year ranking then, yeah? Because this is for the showstoppers. This is for the real... <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Really you're right, you're right. Okay. You're right, you're right. Look, no, you're right. Look, this, this, this Nuggets team are brilliant, but I do want to touch on um, Milwaukee as well. Milwaukee are Milwaukee, man. Like it's, I don't know what else to say. It's just, it's a bud team. They're, they're they're like they're like a German team. Just like brute efficiency. They'll just get the job done. They'll be in and around the one, two, or three seed in the East. Just that's just how they are. Do you know what? Um, and once again, I'm going to preempt your question, uh, Obi. I do want to talk about Yanis a bit. Yanis has been absolutely sensational across the last ten games. His averages are are through the roof. And I think you're going to ask me if it's voter fatigue. Um, as as to whether he should even be considered in the discussion, it definitely is down to that. Yeah. And to Yaza discuss, I am going to bring up LeBron shamelessly because I do think that's the reason why he didn't get as many MVPs as as um he, he, people think he should. Yeah. The man's won two back to back MVPs. He's had he's had um he's had no playoff success. Um, Yanis and. People are like, you know what? Look, I'm sorry. Like, we voted for you. And I haven't got any. I haven't reached any dividends for it. But it's a regular season award. You need to remember that. Mm. And the way he's performing, he has to be in the discussion. He simply has to be. I don't know why no one's talking about it. For me, I have him fourth on my list, um, uh, behind Embiid, Jokic, and Bron. But honestly, he's he's brilliant. He wasn't great yesterday. Bear in mind, but he was fantastic against the Clippers. His footwork is is unreal. Um, <laughs> a very reductive statement from James Harris. That, James Harris. Um, from James Harden. That very funny video that he has of of um of Yanis saying that some people just go out there and just like bully their way and the etc. But he actually is a very competent and a very good basketball player. Yanis Antetokounmpo. Mm-hmm. And if you watch the Clippers game back, you'll see that man. Yes. Do you have any thoughts on Yanis's? Um, on the media, I suppose it's because uh, obviously I'm uh, looking at uh, the courtside fracas team, looking at everybody's um, picks for their top five. I would say Yanis is fairly spread out in there, like he's put in there bet- amongst us. Um, but in the media in general, I would say that not many people have been talking about him for MVP. There's not, there has just been people popping up talking about James Harden for MVP, but not really anybody talking about Yanis. So. Yes, what are your thoughts on that? Do you uh, it's definitely voter fatigue. And I think I don't even care, like, to be honest. <laughs> I'm cool with that. Listen, if you want to put in a rule where you can only win two on the bounce and not do a Larry Bird or whatever, whoever's won last one to win, maybe Magic. No, it was Larry, maybe third in the bounce. I don't care. <laughs> like, it is boring if it's the same guy every year. So, Yanis has been amazing, but I, I'm one of them. Like, I'm just going to look at who else is, is doing some stuff as well. Um, yeah, Yanis has been unreal, but I think we talked uh, recently on, on the Bucks problems and they just reared their head again. Like the, the depth around him is just it's just not good enough if they have any injury. The the margin for error is just so bad. So no Drew again last That's night. That's about to say, I forgot. Yeah. You saw what happened. Like Dante DiVincenzo is a really good wing defender. He has nights where he can look good. Didn't get a field goal last night. Um, DJ Augustine was starting in Drew's place, uh, seven points. Like it's just it's just not good enough to surround Yanis with that. Um not horribly as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh it's it's not good enough. But um yeah, but I, I'm gonna just close on that game with it was MVP candidate against MVP candidate, and one of them got a 37 point triple double in a blowout win. And um, the, the Denver roster's not amazing either, if I'm honest. I think it got weaker over the offseason, and that's the other thing with Jokic and Yanis himself kind of talked about this at the end of the game. 
Um, he just makes everyone better. He plays for the team. He make, he elevates everyone's level. Um, and I, that's why I think they're, they're on the up. Like, if you look at the last 10 games of Jamal Murray, he's averaging 30 points. People like Will Barton and, and Monte Morris, Gary Harris, they just eat off this guy's bounce passes and... and um, switches of play and all that sort of stuff is, is fantastic. So yeah, Yanis, Yanis is fantastic. Voter fatigue is a real thing, and, and I don't blame people really for that. But um, I think I think Milwaukee, I, I, I worry for them to be honest in the postseason. Mm. I think they put so much into this Drew basket. Drew makes them better, but he just doesn't make them that much better. And then if they keep looking this, I like Drew though. Without him, if they keep looking this ordinary without him, I think home home advantage could slip out with how tight the East is. We're only now as Celtics, we're only like three point three games behind them, mm. um, even after our year. So they need to be a little bit careful with that if they don't just slip through misses too many games. But um, but yeah, cool. And with that, I'll end this episode. So Yas and Harold, thank you for being on. Pleasure. And anyone listening, uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Corsair Frackers. Interact with the team. There's always someone to reply to any any hot take you might have. Anything. Uh, if you're listening to the to the podcast, um, tweet along with us. Like, let us know any bits that you find funny or interesting, and we'll always reply. And yeah, can we continue the conversation? So, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs>